it's come from a place around how we've gone about not telling our story, right? The minute you are kind of instructed not to talk about experience, it, it adds a level of shame. And the opposite of shame is pride. Welcome to the Tilt Parenting Podcast, a podcast featuring interviews and conversations aimed at inspiring, informing, and supporting parents raising differently wired kids. I'm your host, Debbie Reber, and today's episode is an Asher special episode, but not the kind we usually do. Typically, Asher and I sit down and talk about some theme we're exploring together, like frustration or mindset or screen time. But this week, Asher is actually stepping into my role as interviewer and having a conversation with the author of the book, Thinking Differently, an inspiring guide for parents of children with learning disabilities and founder of the mentoring organization Eye to Eye, which pairs high school and college students with ADHD and learning disabilities with younger kids who have the same diagnosis. His name is David Flink, and he is an incredibly inspiring person. And this work is very personal to him, as he himself has ADHD and dyslexia and struggled to find his way as a kid. But since founding Eye to Eye in 1998, while a student at Brown University, he has been focused on both empowering and inspiring kids with learning and attention issues to embrace their unique way of learning and thinking and getting rid of the negative stigmas that surround the labels associated with these differences. Asher was a little nervous to be an interviewer, but he loved chatting with David and hearing about someone else's journey that has so much in common with his own. I am sure if he had his way, he'd be Skyping with David Weekly. David, I think you probably can't manage that, but he did bring it up after the conversation. Anyway, I hope you all enjoy their conversation as much as I did. And as always, thanks for listening to the Tilt Parenting Podcast. To learn more about Tilt, visit www.tiltparenting.com. Hello! Hello! Look at that. Very holy moly. You got the whole mic with the thing in front of it and everything. Yeah, do. Oh, man. This is, this is way more it's so I, It's so the microphone won't break when I say words with a P in them. Well, what am I going to do? I don't have the same, uh, the same microphone. Don't say words with P's in them. Okay. <laughs> I will avoid all words that start with P. We'll <laughs> see how that goes. Well, yeah. I am so excited and honored to be able to do this with you. And sorry it took a little while to set up, but here we are. Yeah. I know you asked the questions, but can I ask at least one question yeah, before course. we get started? You can ask as many questions as you want. Okay, I want to know two questions then. So the first, you want the easy one or the hard one first? Hard one. All right, a hard one is I want to know what prompted you to, to do this, to start this. Well, it's mostly mom. Okay, tell me more about that. Um, well, we want to help parents to understand kids who are wired differently. Good, I like that. Okay, now the easy question. Where are you right now? In Amsterdam. Okay, I see like behind you, I see that my name's on the top, so that makes me excited. I, got, I see like you got a whole list of, I guess, people maybe that you're recording or got to record, and I think it's amazing you're doing this from Amsterdam. I'll tell you, today, there's an article about me and Eye to Eye in USA Today. Cool. But the thing I'm most pumped about is this right here. Yay. Yay. All right. That's awesome. You, your show. Back to you. Yeah. So um, when did you first find out you had ADHD and dyslexia? Uh, cool logo, by the way. Thanks. Um, you too. 
I love I love it. I can see in the background. We got a professional logo designers competition. Oh, is that right? Well yeah, they're all like, I want to make the logo for Tilt Parenting. No, I want to <laughs> make the logo. And it's like, hey, I made this logo. Look at me. me. <laughs> That's great. I love it. Um, okay, when, when did I first find out? It's somewhere around the fifth grade. Cool. Yeah, somewhere around the fifth grade. Things were kind of not, between me and school, things were not connecting, you know? And, I mean, if you had asked me, did I know something was going on at a younger age? I would have said totally like, yeah, the fifth grade was when my parents said, look, we need to, we need to understand this. And thank goodness I got um, a neuropsych and, and from that found out that I have dyslexia and ADHD. David might be curious to know uh-uh. when you found out. No yeah, I, I would be curious. Out. I can't remember. You, it was how a old are you? few years ago. I'm 12. Hey, I'm 36 and I remember. So couldn't have been... <laughs> <laughs> I'm very forgetful. You're very forgetful. So a couple of years ago, do you remember what it was like? Do you remember, like, were you happy to find out? Was it, did you know what it meant? What was it like for you? I was just like, okay, makes sense. Okay, makes sense. <laughs> and, and plus I felt kind of special. Yeah, that's great. Anyways, um, what was school like for you before you knew you had ADHD and dyslexia? Oh, man, Can't night and day. dyslexia. Yeah. Well, and they were, I would, it's good that you separate them because I think the experiences were different. So before fifth grade, I mean, just nothing was working. With the ADHD, I mean, so much of my schooling, and unfortunately, I think school is still a lot this way. I was just like having to sit still in classrooms all day and I just couldn't do that. And so I was just constantly <laughs> up. Yeah, that happened to me. I was just like, eh, eh. Yeah, even uh, 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 I was like, "Stop rocking the chair!" Uh, uh, oh, thump! <laughs> <laughs> it's like I got a little bounce ball back here that I used to sit on here. I'll. I want one of those. They hadn't invented this ball yet. I don't know why. I mean, just alone would have made things way easier. So I was getting in trouble a lot, and then with the dyslexia, I mean, so much of school is about reading. Um, yeah. And I think the reason why fifth grade was the place where it really kind of surfaced as the biggest problem is you, I think you can kind of get away with not being a particularly strong reader up until maybe third or fourth grade. But by fifth grade, it's like your job is to read. And read, read, read. It's like, right? Like, here, go home, do this work, even if it's not related to necessarily English skills, right? Like, it's not like an it's like if you have a history assignment, you have to read that assignment. Even your, your math is suddenly, you have to read the word problem. And so I think that's why things really became a true issue for me by fifth grade. Oh, but you asked before and after, right? Yeah. What was it like? So that was before. Before was tough. After was really, I mean, it wasn't like magic, but it was pretty awesome. So I don't think I quite understood how special I was. I'm glad that you do. But... I left the school I had been attending, went to a school specifically for kids who learn differently, which was awesome because I got one of those balls. That was like the first thing they gave me. And they're like, here, just sit on this. You can move around the whole entire class. I'm like, <gasps> that sounds awesome. We have to get one of those. <laughs> and they gave me, uh, you know, they gave me some things like this to have in my hands so I could just constantly be fidgeting. Except when I was- they didn't have cool logos on them. 
they hadn't invented this hadn't been invented yet but they they did that and and then in terms of the reading they taught me to read through a phonemic based way which as you may know just means the sounds of letters so they taught me through the sounds of letters as opposed to the way I'd been taught before which was sort of the whole words yeah and in like two years I suddenly felt like a smart successful student that sounds great it was great I'll tell you what I didn't have though which is what we're doing right now even though it was a school specifically for kids who learn differently I didn't feel community I didn't feel a bond like even though you're 12 and I'm 36 I suspect I know a lot about you and I suspect you know a lot about me yeah Uh, And that personal experience, that personal journey, that way of going through life that is a little different but still pretty awesome was not something that was highlighted as a special thing in the way that I think it is now. Yeah. When I was in school in kindergarten and first grade and second grade, I used to get in trouble a lot for just fidgeting around. Mm Mm-hmm. It was horrible. It feels like nobody knew that I was doing it on purpose. They felt like I I was purposely thinking, ha, 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 I'll sabotage (laughs) everyone's learning experience by (laughs) fidgeting around. (laughs) 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 Yeah, then what would end up happening when they told me to quiet down? I'd be focusing so hard on quieting down that I wouldn't be able to actually pay attention to the lesson. Right. And then I get in trouble for not paying attention. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what, when I say that uh, your experience and mine may still be the same, that was totally true for me. Yeah. It's so annoying. Even, and now, I don't know if this is good news or bad news, but uh, even now, like, you know, when you grow up, you still have to go to meetings and sit still and focus and inevitably because ADHD doesn't go away and thank goodness for that. There are certain times when I'm the one, you know, moving around and fidgeting and I've totally, totally had people in the middle of meetings be like, can you just be still? And it's like, no, I can't. Two minutes. I'm like, I can, but there'll be no words coming out of my mouth and no, I'm just going to take all of my mental energy to just be like, So I can totally relate to that experience. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can you give an example of how you were bullied? Because I wasn't really bullied very much. I'm glad to hear that you weren't bullied a lot. I can. It's taken me a long time to be able to get to a place where I can talk about it. So in eighth grade, I went to a school that I thought I wanted to go to because it, it looked like the kind of school you see in the movies. It's a big school with a football team and they had uniforms and I was like, oh, this is what, this is what I want. I don't want to go to a school with uniforms. You do or don't? I don't. Uh, I did, which I thought was, now I wouldn't have. But anyhow, I went there and they had three tracks, three different ways you could go through the school. Honors. Wow, that's a lot of. Yeah, it was too many. Um, and you knew what they meant, right? They had honors, which was like for the smart kids. So they had honors, prep, and then the third track was called transition, or whatever that was supposed to mean. And that's where they put me. And um, basically... Wait, there, there's honors, honors, prep? and transition? Oh, sorry. There's like honors. That's where you would have been. That's where I would have <laughs> liked to be. There was what they called well, prep. Well, if, if, if nobody told me to stop fidgeting. 
Right, right. If they could get around, if they could get their head around the idea that smart people can fidget. So there was prep, which was like everybody else. And then there was this transition place, which was really for the kids they didn't know what to do with. And that's where I landed. And I, I mean, all of us, but I think maybe because I really wanted to show how smart I was. And so I tried really hard in transition, which I think made my situation worse, although I'm glad that I did it. And I think you, you should always show yeah. your, your, you know, your strongest abilities. And so I just got made fun of like crazy. And Why uh, would you get made fun of for doing a good job? You know, you can't reason with unreasonable people. That's something my yeah. uncle always told me. So just teach everyone to be reasonable and then wait till all the unreasonable people die. Right. Wait it out. <laughs> yep. But, you know, I think the thing that would have made a difference is to realize what you already know and what I think that this podcast is going to help more people learn, which is different doesn't mean broken. Yeah. And can mean really amazing and beautiful things. Like so, imagine a world where everyone is used to ADHD people and then a non-ADHD person comes in and is where everyone is only used to ADHD people. And then somebody comes in and doesn't fidget. And it's like, what are you doing? Why aren't you fidgeting? You have a whole bouncy well, ball over there. I'll You're tell saying, you, it's aren't funny. Aren't you going to use it? <laughs> I live in that world. And if you ever make it stateside, you should come visit our office. Because everybody, almost everybody that works eye to eye has some kind of learning difference. But because we need our allies, there are a couple of people who also don't. They're the minority. And so literally the world you just described, that's the world I live in. We go awesome. to the meetings and it's like everybody's, you know, got their fidgets and does whatever. Because we know that, you know, we're hiring really smart people because they have learning differences. And the people who don't are also awesome and we're really grateful yeah. for them. But they help. But they have to learn how to be in this weird, fidgety, misspelled world. And then hopefully translate all of that into a way that makes it all seem accessible to the rest of the world. Because only one in five people learn like we do. So we want to make sure that we're inclusive for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm doing a lot better now that I'm being homeschooled. I would imagine. Um, I'm sure that that makes it Were you ever homeschooled? I wasn't. Um, my mom is a teacher. And so... Uh, <laughs> You're probably going to want to spend more time teaching. <laughs> I think that I definitely got a lot of enrichment having her not just as an amazing mother, but as an incredible teacher. And so I, while I was never homeschooled, she did a lot at home with me that made a big difference. When did school kind of get better for you? I would say things turned the corner for me probably in high school and definitely in college. High school was good in that I went to a school that was really very welcoming of different people's learning styles. And while it wasn't explicit, awesome. it was great. It, it, they didn't say, like, we're here for kids who learn differently. They just recognize that everyone learns differently. And yeah. so I got Some really more differently than others. Totally. Totally. So I got really comfortable going to my teachers and saying, you know, hey, like, for instance, I'm going to fidget like crazy. Can I sit in the back of the room so that I can fidget and not distract other students and not get myself in trouble? And they're like, we don't care. You can, you can stand in the hallway as long as you can hear the lesson, you know? <laughs> yeah. um, and so that was good. And then when I went to college, I think things really, I really hit my stride because one thing that was kind of cool, I mean, you might be experiencing this now already as a homeschooler, but I got to have a little more direction where I spent my time 
So especially in college, I suddenly wanted, I got really passionate about being an educator. And so I could spend a lot more of my time learning about education, learning about what it means to be a good teacher and and a good school administrator. It's helpful when you study things that you care about. You don't get to do that quite as much until you get to college, but it's a really wonderful thing when it happens. Yeah. This year, I've been working on becoming more attuned to my body, and so I'm starting to really recognize how periodic spikes in anxiety or disruptions to my routines can seriously throw my whole system off. And as I've been traveling a ton this past month, which is both disruptive and somewhat stressful, I'm especially glad that I have the extra support of Symbiotic Plus, a three-in-one supplement from Ritual with clinically studied prebiotics, probiotics, and a postbiotic to support a balanced gut microbiome. Symbiotic Plus provides fuel to the cells that make up the gut lining to support a healthy gut barrier. And it comes in this very cool minty delayed release capsule, which was specifically designed to help survive the harsh conditions of the upper GI tract for delivery to the colon. The bonus is that the capsules don't need to be refrigerated, so I can easily bring them with me in my carry-on. On a personal level, I love that Ritual is committed to sustainability. They're a female-founded B Corp, meaning they are holding themselves accountable long-term to not only think about their company's financial health, but also the health of people and our planet. There's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash tilt. Start Ritual or add Symbiotic Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash tilt for 25% off. Hey there, it's Debbie. I love making this show and sharing conversations about how to support our awesome neurodivergent kids. I've seen how even one little insight from an interview can spark a big shift in daily life. But I know that raising complex kids can be messy and lonely. And just when we think we figured it out, something comes up that boots us right back to feeling overwhelmed and stuck. That's why I've poured everything into creating a way for parents like us navigating complex parenting journeys to join together and chart a path that feels positive, hopeful, and doable. It's the brand new Differently Wired Club experience. In the club, you'll get personal support from me and other seasoned parent coaches, six live calls every month where you can connect and get your personal questions answered, the opportunity to learn directly from authors and experts like I have on this show, monthly themes for getting specific and tactical, an exclusive private podcast feed, and the best, most generous community of parents. Seriously, these folks show up for themselves and each other, and that right there is really everything. Because it's a daily reminder that we're not alone. Our kids aren't broken, and we have totally got this. The recently rebooted Differently Wired Club is on a brand new platform with its very own iOS and Android app. It is such a great space. However you learn, whatever your style, no matter the ages, genders, and neurodivergent profile of your children, the Differently Wired Club can help you cultivate the positive shifts you're hoping for. Join us today by going to tiltparenting.com slash club. That's tiltparenting.com slash club. I hope to see you on the inside. What made the biggest difference to help you with things that were hard when you were my age? Well, okay, one is what you have standing to your left right now. Oh, uh, mom. Mom. Having a supportive family network, I think, made a huge difference. I would also say doing things that I felt good at helped me feel confident in doing the things that I didn't feel as good at. Yeah. 
so like what you're doing right now, I mean, this is a this is something that you obviously care about. Uh, Definitely. I suspect that it gives you a lot of energy. That experience will help you in ways that will push you through the hard stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I was talking yesterday, actually, just randomly. Uh, my old, old high school basketball coach got in touch with me, totally out of the blue. His name's Jamie. Coach Tinder. And, um, Tinder. And I still remember he taught me how to, sorry. Oh, I don't know. (laughs) I did not know there's going to be a spelling test as a part of this podcast. (laughs) Uh, But what I remember about Like, was he the kind of coach that's really tasty or is he the kind of coach that you can use to set on fire? Uh, that's so funny. I don't know the spellings of the difference. One of them. <laughs> but what I remember about him, and I was talking to him about it yesterday, was if you were to ask me in high school that I think I was a great basketball player, I would have told you I was like the best guy on the team. And in reality, and we were laughing about this yesterday, I know that I wasn't. He just made me feel like a valuable member of the team. That's awesome. And that, it was awesome. And that gave me so much resiliency for when I hit the hard stuff. Yeah. Like I was frustrated that it took me twice as long to get an assignment done as it did anyone else. But I would have just come from a basketball practice where I felt great. Um, and I wasn't like a bad player. I was perfectly good. But, you know, I wasn't going to go play in the NBA or anything. Why not? Um, I wasn't that good. <laughs> but he made me feel like I could. And that was, yeah. that was what kind of mattered, you know. Um, the most frustrating part about ADHD is not being able to, for me, is not being able to focus. Like, I try to spend time working on one thing, say, a story I'm working on, and then I got hyper-focused on something else that I wasn't supposed to be doing in the first place. And mm-hmm. then I spend loads of time on that. Mm-hmm. It's just that I'm, it's very hard for me to get into something, and then once I'm in for, into something, it's very hard for me to get out of something. Yeah. So is your question what to do about that? Yeah, what kind of things work for you to help you with your ADHD things that were hard? That's a great question. I think it's changing and always changing over time. So it's a combination of being gentle with yourself and giving yourself permission to understand that sometimes you're just going to go off the rails and creating complete structures that allow you to, to just get it done. So uh, if I know that there's an assignment, I mean, you know the things that you're going to have trouble getting started. You don't have to guess my guesses. When I had to sit down and write a book, and that's a task that for ADHD, I would almost always rather talk to people. That's how I get my energy. So sitting down. Yeah, that's how I I write some things. I dance around the room while while dictating the story to mom who types it down. Right. So that's a good example, right? So recognizing that this task might be hard, but like what would be a helpful way to get it done? If you're if you have hit the jackpot on the dancing around dictation to your mom model, that'll work for now. And it may change as you get older. And that's like I did a lot of dictating to my computer while dancing around and writing my book. You can dictate um, to a computer? You can dictate to a phone, man. <gasps> Automatic mom. Automatic mom, which will make both mom happy E-mom. <laughs> and probably make your life a little easier. Yeah. 
When you, what kind of phone do you have? I don't have a phone. What kind, do you have an iPad or a Mac or what kind of computer do you yeah, use? Yeah, I have a pretty fancy laptop. So in the laptop, there's a way you can Google it where you click dictation and you can just talk and it'll just write. That sounds awesome. You should check it out. The age of e-mom is upon us. Yeah. <laughs> there's also fancier <laughs> software. If you really get into it, it's like dictation software. It costs a little bit of money. Uh, but uh, but the, the, frankly, the software that's like built into your computer is pretty darn good. Yeah. Uh, can you tell me and all the listeners what eye to eye is and why you started it? Yeah, totally. So eye to eye is a national organization that matches college and high school students who have dyslexia and ADD with young people, perhaps those about to go into middle school with dyslexia and ADHD. And I started it when I was 18 at Brown University where I was attending school and realized that while I didn't know necessarily how to get through college, I definitely knew how I got through middle school and high school and I wanted to share my experiences with others. Uh, do you do it over Skype for kids who go to school in Amsterdam? That is a terrific question. I wonder what would prompt that question. Uh, <laughs> no idea. Uh-huh. No idea. For some reason, it was on our sheet of questions over here. Ah, interesting. Um, we do not have a formal Skype program yet, but uh, we could potentially prototype something with someone in Amsterdam. <laughs> oh, that Maybe sounds great. With a podcast. <laughs> I will tell you secret that I guess we're re- releasing on this podcast now. It no won't one be a knows. secret anymore. Yeah, I have a feeling. Um, we are in the process of creating an app that will be deployed across all Apple devices um, <gasps> that uh, is like virtual mentoring. That which sounds awesome! To people all the way in Amsterdam. That's really amazing. I have no idea. No one knew until now. I'm probably not supposed to talk about it, but whatever. I get myself in trouble all the time, so why should this be any different? Uh, it'll be released early next year. That sounds awesome. Maybe you can be a beta tester for us. Yeah, that sounds great. Cool. Uh, one of the things that really sucks is so many people think that ADHD is a bad thing. Yeah. Like, like it's a big, shameful secret. Yeah. I'm proud of my ADHD-osity. <laughs> Even though it does get slightly annoying at times when I really need to do things. <laughs> so is your question, how do we change that? No, no, no. Your, my question is, what do you think about that? What do I think that there's sort of a misconception out there? Yeah, like it's, it's shameful. It's like Asher busted for ADHD scandal. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, look, it, it, it's come from a place around how we've gone about not telling our story, right? The minute you are kind of instructed not to talk about experience, it it adds a level of shame. And the opposite of shame is pride. And so you think about how to reverse that course. It is when you find out or when a family finds out that somebody in their family has ADHD or a learning difference. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's great. And let's talk about it, right? Yeah. Um, There's nothing to be ashamed of. And by the way, like, here are your one in five people in the world that learn just like you do. So you have this huge community you didn't even know you were a part of. Yeah. So, yeah, the opposite of shame is pride. Tell us about your book. Uh, it's called Thinking Differently, 
And it's available everywhere the books are sold. And you can also find more information on it on my website, davidflink.com. But most importantly, it's a book uh, primarily geared towards parents of kids who have learning and attention issues. And it's the lessons that I learned and that my family learned as I was growing up and the lessons of eye to eye after existing for 15 years to hopefully make the journey a little smoother and probably particularly helpful for folks signing on to your work. I, I built it as a tool that I hope lives long beyond me. Yeah. Do you have any advice for other kids listening to this podcast who have learning and attention issues? Yeah. I mean, I have so much advice. Number one, be proud of who you are. Uh, number two, know that you are learning enabled. And... Um, yeah. You have no idea how able you are. And number three, you know, get your community in line. Find your people. They're everywhere. They're listening to this. And um, you're not alone. Yeah. Is there anything else you would like to share today? Uh, I just want to say how awesome it is that you're doing what you're doing. And I'm so proud of you. Thank you. When I was your age, I did live in a vacuum of shame and didn't talk about my experience the way you're doing on the air yeah. and so mom helped others. a lot well then we'll give some credit to mom too um, and i think that's very generous that you remember to acknowledge the people that help you make this all possible your voice really matters more than you know thanks so much for being my and our guest today Oh, thanks so much for On having me. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast. Woo! Watch it now. Or <laughs> listen, because there's no video. Because it's a podcast. Dun, dun. So buy it. Wait, no, it doesn't cost money either, does it? <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning into the Tilt Parenting Podcast. To learn more about David Flink, his book, Thinking Differently, an inspiring guide for parents of children with learning disabilities, David's mentoring organization, Eye to Eye National, and all the other resources covered in today's show, visit the show notes page at tiltparenting.com session 30. And one last thing, I get messages every day from parents saying they are so happy they found Tilt and that for the first time they feel like they found their tribe, like they're not alone in this. So if you are listening to this, we'd like to invite you to help us get the word out to more parents and more communities about Tilt. Our highest goal is to help parents raising differently wired kids stop feeling overwhelmed and isolated and instead feel connected and inspired. So if you feel so moved, please consider sharing the Tilt website, the Facebook page, or the podcast within your communities. Thank you. And thanks again for listening. For more information on Tilt Parenting, visit www.tiltparenting.com. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Coe, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, 
you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts.